We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's got it. Back to pass. Looking left. Rolling. It is caught. It's at the five. Diving into the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to episode two of the Pride Podcast. I want to thank you guys all for watching episode one. We got a lot of support, and, uh, you know, we all three of us appreciate all the support you gave to us. I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. You guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Detroit Lions fan page, uh, known as Pierre. Um, How's everybody doing? I'm Malcolm. I'm with Detroit Lions video page. Uh, first of all, before we get into that horrible loss for the Chicago Bears, I want to give a huge shout out to Malcolm for doing all the editing for episode one. Um, he got it out in time, just before game time. We're going to make sure we're more prepared for next time. But like I said, thank you guys for all the support from episode one. Uh, our plan is to continue two weeks, uh, you know, have an episode two times a week. Um, but yeah, so thanks, Malcolm, for, you know, editing episode one. And uh, let's get into that horrible loss for the Chicago Bears. Uh, you want to start it off, Pierre? Because I'll get in later about my. <laughs> um, basically, the Lions just like offensively, the first drive, they were rolling right. And after that, it was just a disaster. I mean, defensively, they were a disaster. Special teams was bad. It was just bad in all three phases. You had Mitch Trubisky look like Aaron Rodgers out there throwing darts. I didn't like their game plan they had. You know, they had man-to-man coverage with Lawson and Shed, and they really didn't have no safety out for them. I didn't like that. I, I thought they'd play more zone, but they didn't. What do you guys think? You want to go ahead, Malcolm? Yeah, I am. I mean, that was a game I actually tried to forget. It was bad. I mean, the first thing I want to do, I still want to give a shout-out to the, the D-line. I mean, they stopped the run. They, they played the run really well that game, but everything else was just yeah. not good. <laughs> everything else is not good. I mean, what bothered me the most about that game is, and I said this in the last podcast, that I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and played man this game, even though without Darius Slade, they should have played zone. But they went out, they played man, they played cover one, everybody, the whole secondary just looked lost out there. It was, it was, it was just bad. I think the more frustrating thing to me was, um, you know, running man defense was obviously really frustrating. I wouldn't mind if they did it like to the first quarter, even the first half, even. But the thing was that they don't make adjustments when they're struggling big time, and they just kind of stuck with it. And um, I think it was whatever the Bears' last touchdown was to Allen Robinson. 
no safety help for Nevin Lawson, who was already having a struggling game and, you know, struggling year in general. But um, I thought it was ridiculous having no safety help for Nevin Lawson there. And I don't know. It, like I said, adjustments are key, and it just seems like they haven't adjusted well this year. And I don't know. What's your guys' opinion on that? I mean, I think they've adjusted, but, like, they haven't made the adjustments we've wanted to make. Like, look, they gave up, like, 26 points the first half, right? And I think Chicago had, like, 30-some points. I forgot. But, like, yeah. you can't start, like, slow, always start off slow every week. That's three weeks in a row. They started slow on both sides of the ball. I mean, offense and, in the first drive, but after that, it's just been, like, really bad. I mean, I think slow starts coming from – it comes from the coaching staff. I mean – like I said, adjustments are key, and if you're coming out flat three weeks in a row, there's got to be some type of adjustments. And um, you know, Matt Patricia figure that out somehow. I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, I think I put a lot of blame on that game on Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia does not get a pass for this game because, to be honest, I think this was his worst coaching performance as a coach for a game. Like it was, uh, as far as. You know, like you said, not making adjustments. I mean, they knew man wasn't working. Why didn't they go out and play some more zone? Um, you know, from the the challenge plays, like it it, it wasn't it wasn't his best coaching um, performance as a coach. Yeah, one thing I didn't like it was like towards the end of the half, it was like third down or fourth down. You didn't call timeout. You could at least get a field goal. Oh yeah, we were talking about that earlier. You'll get that, that, points. Yeah, that's very frustrating. Not, I think. You know, anything could happen. You know, you're down like three scores, four scores by then. Not, I mean, you got to take some type of risk, you know, try to get conserved time, try to score points. I mean, just letting the clock run down was, was frustrating to me. And uh, Pierre uses this word a lot, and I agree with it. Stubbornness. Adjust. <laughs> <There's something. laughs> you know, you get it. Like, I get uh, it. They were struggling, but, like, at least just try something. You know, you have Matt Prater. Maybe you get a long Maybe you get a return. Maybe there's a flag. Maybe you block the damn front. I don't know. Just, like, try something. Call a timeout. Exactly. It, it, could be a, it could be a total momentum changer as well. Yeah. yeah. And another thing is what um, we talked about also in the last podcast, too. The receivers are not getting enough separation from the, from the, the, from the cornerbacks. Like, all the staffers' throws, you see all his throws, he has to throw it over the cornerback's head. Like, they got to make these spectacular catches. Just, just to complete a pass. Just to complete a ten-yard pass. It, I don't know what Jim Bob was doing. You know, what, what's his game plan? I don't. I, I'm, I'm puzzled. <laughs> I don't. I'm lost of words from that game. And, and actually, to be honest, I'm glad we took this long of a break to uh, talk about it because <laughs> it'd be a lot more <laughs> frustration. It would have been a lot more frustration. Like we, we had time to cool off. About um that Chicago Bears game, but man, I don't know what Jim Bob's doing. Um, would you blame the slow starts? Uh, you know, on the coaching staff, uh, offensive players. I just want to know what you guys' thoughts on what where the slow starts are coming from. Because three weeks in a row, slow starts are just not like, you know, I mean, I guess I wouldn't call it a slow start for Seattle, but I'm just saying, not coming out. How am I say this? Yeah, like I know not. Yeah. Uh, oh. To be honest, you know, coaches call something players have to execute. When coaches aren't succeeding, players aren't executing. It's a mixture of both. They go hand in hand, to be honest. And that's true. Okay. Um, uh, the defense missed Darius Slay out there, and it was it was obvious that they missed Slay out there. Um, throwing Nevin Lawson out there, Deshaun Shed. Um, 
what do you guys think about that? You know, honestly, I want to see some Mike Ford this week. I Mike mean, Ford. you guys, I want to see Mike Ford. He had a good preseason. He had a solid training camp. Watched him a couple of times. He's like a solid player. He has some good size, solid speed. You know, I want to see him play. Why not just throw him in there? What do you have to lose? At this point, yeah, we, at this point, we got nothing to lose um, regarding our secondary. We definitely need help. Um, but another thing I want to point out about that Chicago Bear game, like Eric Blunt. Like Eric oh, Blunt. God. Oh, six rushes for four yards. Like Garrett Blunt. Hey, but let's be honest, though. Blunt is like, he's a talented player, I think. I don't think they're using him right. That's just me. I, I, mean, I, I don't know how can they use him different. I mean, they I understand they're using him a lot on first down. They're running the ball. I get that. But there was, there was a play that they were in the goal line, and he was still getting stuff. And they just said, to hell with this. This is give it to carry on. This is like carry on, jump over everybody, get this touchdown. The Garrett Blunt's butt. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> I'm not yeah, gonna leave like, it. Let's be honest, though. You got to respect him, though. He has, like, what, two or three. Uh, he's a solid bat. He provides good veteran leadership, you know. He's had, uh, a, great, he's had a great I, career. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. He's a Super Bowl champion. I respect him. But. At right now, man, the Gary Blunt is 31 years old. I mean, just yeah. I'm just gonna take it back to the last his last three games. Other time is catching up. It, it, it definitely is, but look at his last three games. We go to um Seattle game, three attempts, three yards. He averaged one yard per carry. Minnesota, five attempts, eight yards, one point six yards per carry. Then this Bear game, six yard, six attempts, four yards, zero point seven yards per carry. When, as a team, do they sit down with them and say, hey, look, man, um, we're going to just lower your attempts, your your carries, and just hand this ball off to, you know, maybe give Zach Zenner a chance to be that confident back. Like, when when do we say this is enough? If you guys can see my face right now. Zach Zenner, right? What does he do? He's a power back, right? Yeah. So exactly. if we looked at the roster, I'd be like, all right, Abdullah could help us, but we need a power guy, right? Yeah. Like, all right, let's wave Abdullah, you know, and yeah, let's get Zach Zenner back. Maybe he'll help us out. Maybe they saw that coming, so they brought Zach Zenner back, you know, eased him in a little. Maybe he'll get some carries this week. I'm not sure, but. Hey, he's ripped now. Give him the guy some carries. <laughs> the Zen Dan is back in Detroit. Yeah, Zen is pretty good. Uh, guys, I want to talk about the O-line, though. That'll be a nice one-two punch between Zenner and 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 Carrion. That'll be a nice one-two punch. I mean, I think it's, it'll be better than the one-two punch we have now. Yeah, but let's talk about a little about the O line because like some of those bad runs were not all on Blunt and Johnson. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah, the, the O line been, been bad too. And I only and I think one was only on Stafford if I remember. So let's say five. Uh, how many did they get that game around five six? I think six. There was six sacks given up. That was a lot of sacks. One of the plays, Decker tripped. Like, he tripped yeah. on a... Uh, Over Rag- uh, Ragnar, yeah. What? And the- but it was Mac. Mac bulldozed the shit out of him. And then, yeah, I was going to say, one play, Khalil Mack just bulldozed, like, through Levine Toilolo and just went through Taylor Decker and just... And you can't do anything about that. Khalil Mack's a monster. He's a monster, but, like, at least, like, get some slants in or get a quick pass concept. Get something going. You know, do a screen pass to, like, stop the linebackers. Freeze them. You know I, what I mean? I, I know this guy, this might frustrate you, but this is where you miss Golden Terry here. Those screen passes, like, that's where, you know, Stafford used to rely on Tate there, and that's 
where the adjusting part comes in, where they have to find their new guy. I think. I mean, it's not going to be one person. You're just you know replacing Golden Tate. Well, but yeah. you got to find you got to find your safety blanket where you kind of had Golden Tate being those quick passes, uh, screen passes situations. You know, uh, and I just don't think realistically they found their guy yet to be. And I mean, they've tried Theo Riddick there. It seems like they put Paolo on there for a few plays last game. Um, they just seem like they haven't found their real uh, Golden Tate replacement, I guess you could say. Yeah, you can't replace him. It has to be a team effort. But like, um, they could throw the screen. Let's say it's like Marvin Jones, Theo Riddick, Carry On Johnson. You know, like they didn't even really do that. They just like I don't know. I don't know what the there, hell. I don't like their yeah, game at all. There was no short passes. There were no short passes. There was no screens. And the thing is, it's not that if you watch the Bears, they don't play. They don't play a lot of man. They play a lot of zone. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't understand why not throw the screen. Yeah. Why not do the short passes, just find that hole in the in, in the safety, in, in the in the zone, and just, you know, I just, I don't know what they were doing. Everything was deep. Well, if you look at it now, every defense, though, was playing us man-to-man. Since Seattle, I think Seattle kind of exposed us. I don't know if I want to say exposed, but Seattle kind of, like, found well, a They had a bye week. I want to say Seattle was bigger than us. That was our problem. We were like, like Kawandra Diggs, you know, that one play I believe is on, I want to say Ed Dixon possibly. It was like a touchdown. They're just, it was, that's where height kind of just like took away from the lines. Lines, I think they, that's one of the uh, off seasons they have to worry about. I think getting a taller safety, you know, tall speed safety is something they could use. I mean, Kawandra Diggs is a great player. But, I mean, like, sometimes, he, you know, those tight ends could, you know, moss him or, you know, get over him. Whereas what? The game, though, this week, he had a great – he played well against Chicago, but like, he was, like, the only bright spot. Couple he was only – I was going to say, he was probably one of the only bright spots on the defense. Maybe with Snacks, Harrison. I mean, Snacks had, didn't have his best game. Aishon had a good game. Um, and but there was a – Deshaun, Deshaun Hand. Deshaun Hand. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a few. A lot, a, lot, a lot of negative players, though, but – you know, it's okay. <laughs> Over Quinn, I don't know. Like, he's getting gold. Like, I love the guy. I really do. I'm a big GQ fan, but I think it's time to start the rookie, man. You got to start Tracy Walker down back there. He looked impressive every time he was in there. He, he got that one play. I don't remember. It was either the end of the second half or end of the first half, I believe. He had a nice play. I mean, Tracy Walker has played well every time he's gotten a chance. It's just he hasn't had many chances so far. But I, I really like Tracy Walker. I think he has a bright future in Detroit and, you know, could – you know, step up in GQ's role when I, I where I think GQ will probably be gone next season. Um, and I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing more Tracy Walker. He's a big yeah. safety. Yeah. yeah that, like I was saying, yeah, big safeties are what we need, and, you know, Tracy Walker is exactly that. Um, I actually saw him a few times in that Chicago Bears game. Um, there was a few plays they had. Um, um, they had Keandre Diggs playing the nickel. And they yeah. had GQ, and they had um, Walker out there. So, and he did a good job when he was out there. So, he's definitely, definitely a bright spot. Definitely the future of, of the secondary of our team. Um, all right. So, I think we got all the. Oh, did you want to throw something in? I, I kind of yeah, cut you off. One and weighs two oh six. So he's and he ran a four five one. So he has pretty good speed and good size for a safety. So yeah. Um. Good play. Um. So I think we got all our post game talk about the Bears out of the way. Uh, now we got a new game Sunday at home Ford Field versus the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I want to know what you guys thought for this Panthers game. You want to start it off, Pierre? Yeah, I'll start it. Well, the Panthers coming off a tough loss. It was a Thursday game. They had a short week. Now they got like a lot of time to prepare for Detroit. They're going to be motivated. Extra days of rest. Extra film for them. 
basically like a mini bye week. They get their guys healthy back. Only guys out is Torrey Smith, so they're pretty healthy. And Detroit, though, the fans are turning on them. The media's turning on them. I think they're going to come out blazing. You know, I think Jim Bob Cooter might have a few wrinkles here and there. He has to. I mean, he's saving his job pretty much. He's playing for his job. Stafford's getting a lot of criticism. He has to step up. Kenny Gall, even without Marvin Jones, Kenny Gall needs to step up. I mean, they're corners. Who do they got? They got uh, their number one corner, James Bradbury. He's a solid corner, but he's not like a Darius Slay or like Xavier Rose. He's not a shutdown corner. So they should take advantage of their weak secondary. What do you guys think? I agree. I think Matthew Stafford's going to ball out this week after uh, um, three <laughs> oopsie doopsie performances by Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think a lot of fans in general are just giving a lot of criticize. I think this is kind of a week where Stafford, you know, wants to shut up the fans and, you know, just ball out this week. Even if they don't win, I just want to see a really good performance by the team. I just want to see a close game where they compete and just play all three phases of the game well. Because um, I know the Panthers are a better team than they are, and the Panthers are a pretty good team. I just want to see a good performance at the finish of the season because uh, – to be totally honest, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think it's. I think we're just playing for pride right now, playing, you know, for jobs next year. And you know, I'm. I don't want to count out the season, but I'm kind of counting out the season. But I just want to see guys play with, you know, heart and play motivation. I just want to see Stafford ball out because it's been a while since I think we've last seen Stafford ball out. You know. I mean, and I think to be honest, I think Jim Bob Cooter might be able to do more with less because think about it, he has to get creative. No Marvin Jones, Tate is gone, right? So he has to get creative with Kenny Galladay. How am I going to move? All right, how am I going to get TJ? How am I going to get Bruce Ellington? How am I going to get Powell? How am I going to get Dick and Johnson involved in the passing game? I think he's going to be creative, the tight ends as well. What do you I, guys? I, I agree because if you remember uh, that week 17 versus the Packers last year, it was kind of it was a meaningless game for both teams. They're really creative, you know, even ran that fake um, two-point conversion, you know, the the Philly special. We, we created the Philly special. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I want to see a creative game plan like that. Like I said, even if they win or lose, I just want to see a good game, a good hard-fought game from, you know, the guys. Be creative, you know, and just, you know, end the season right. you got, I think, seven weeks left. I just want to see these guys play well and end the season well. I'm not expecting playoffs. I'm not expecting much out of the season. I just want to see guys play hard. Um, like I said, creativeness without Marvin Jones, one of Stafford's favorite targets. It's going to be interesting how, uh, you know, Jim Bob Cooter gets creative with this offense. And, you know, this is where, you know, you kind of hope to see Jamal Agnew out there because, you know, that's sometimes where you get him involved in the offense and see how creative it is. But uh, that's my input on it. What do you think, Malcolm? I honestly think we have a big chance to have a big offensive game because, I, you know, both defenses are struggling right now. You know, the Lions secondary struggling, uh, Panthers secondary struggling. so. Both teams have a really big opportunity to put up big numbers this game. Um, you know, with Marvin Jones being out, you know, I think that might be a little bit more difficult on our end. You know, we have we got to have players, you know, step up. You know, Kenny Galladay, TJ Jones have to step up. But I, honestly, that, that Carolina's offense is really good. So this game, I mean, if they play like they played last week, with a lot of cover, cover one, it's going to be very difficult, especially trying to contain Christian McCaffrey. 
It's going to be a big boost for sure having uh, Darius Slay back out there, though. They really missed him last week. I'm not saying if Darius Slay was out there, they would they would have won that game. I'm not saying that at all. But they for sure missed Slay out there. They need big play out there. Um, uh, but I want to ask you guys a question. I think it was one of our questions at the end. But I'm still going to ask any anyways. Right. But um, how do we contain this Panthers offense, you know? I just want to know what you guys have been, how we can contain well, this Panthers. Well, what they got? So, like, came out stud quarterback we all know that i mean he's been mvp before he can move in the pocket strong big kind of like he's built kind of like a tight end but he's quarterback he's a big dude they have uh mccaffrey really good running back they got three really good receivers funches yeah dj moore and curtis samuel all of them have like really good speed samuel ran like a 4-3-1 dj moore runs ran a 4-4-2 fantasy player oh that's your fancy player and uh, what was that? Oh, Funches. Uh, Funches is having a really good year. He, he went to Michigan. We know about Funches. I think Tyler, you know about him. I know Harrison boy. <laughs> so, yeah, scenario. Those dude from Farmington knows. Yeah, so they got their work cut off for them. I think Slate probably will shadow Funches. Yeah, they might put Lawson on DJ Moore. I don't know. I don't that know how to do DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, but I think Slate is going to shadow Funches and McCaffrey's a headache. Slay said he's a white boy and he's so fast. Like he's never seen that before. A white boy that's so fast. Would you run more zone or man defense, uh, theoretically? Or and then I want to know your theoretical answer, and I want to know what you they think you with the actual run is my honestly. I try to confuse the hell out of Cam Newton, give him different looks, make it look like it's man play zone, play zone man, mix it all up, give him some blitz packages, get in his head. That's what you have to do with Cam. He's a really smart quarterback. But but I. <laughs> I think they'll play like 70% man, 20% zone, and like 10% blitz. Hey, you also forgot Greg Olson, too. I mean, Lions have had troubles guarding tight ends as well. And uh, Greg Olson's one of the better tight ends in the NFL. I mean, he's not as good as he was, but you know, he's still one of the better tight ends in the NFL. He's coming and off that, injury, and he's balling. Yeah. He's so. been balling the last few weeks. Yeah, he's man. balling. Yeah. Um, so, what do you guys do? Oh, my bad. Huh? No, no, you good, man. Okay. I was going to say, um, to be honest, I mean, I think the biggest concern on offense is going to be Christian McCaffrey. And it's not even going to be out the backfield. It's not going to be out the backfield. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. They might move him around. He leads the team in receptions. So, I mean, Jared, we're going to put Jared Davis on him, but I, I don't know how well Javid, Jared Davis is going to be able to cover this kid. This kid is really good um, out the backfield in the slot. He's a really good receiver. Hey, I play full point PPR. I wouldn't mind him getting some receptions. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest, though. I don't really want him to get some receptions this week. Nothing to your fans team, but like I kind of want this help. Oh, gotta get this W. But anyways, I'll just sure. McCaffrey's a hell of a player. I don't think anyone could actually stop him. No, not even like a linebacker. You just have to like limit him, jam him a little. Like Davis is a strong boy, big boy. He could jam him. Like, I have not- him, hit him hard, make him feel like you know. Last week. Diggs blasted some player. I forgot who it was, but he literally blasted the guy. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I mean, I think last week the Lions did good with the running backs. Uh, versus Minnesota Lions, I mean, besides that one play for Delvin Cook, have done good with the running backs. Um, yeah. uh, in the Seattle Nelson. game, Chris Carson pretty well. But I'm saying these last two weeks, the I mean, they're stopping the running backs. The running backs have not been killing them, you know. Uh, and there's been like some big name running backs. Like last week when we were talking about the pregame for the Bears. We were all worried about Tariq Cohen, but, I mean, did he really even do that much? I mean, it was more of, like, our corners not being able to cover Allen Robinson. And, uh, uh, yeah, Allen Robinson killed us. And, uh, yeah. Um, 
but like I'm saying, like these running backs, these last two weeks, I mean, we've been concerned about them, but they haven't really killed us. I mean, could that be a difference maker? Because we haven't really faced a guy as probably good as Christian McCaffrey yet. It could, but like I've said, I mean, I think since acquiring snacks, it's, you know, uh, Lions have been doing better with the running backs, um, with pass coverage and in, uh, when they're running the ball. It's just in general, I think the Lions have been better in the run. Well, yeah, and, like, you're starting to see guys are starting to get more comfortable, not, like, really missing their gaps as much. I mean, they still are missing their gaps, but they're starting to get comfortable in the scheme. Jared Davis, and he's had he's been up and down, but, like, let's not forget, only second year, learning the scheme first year. But like, I mean, if you if you take out Davis' first few games, he's been balling out. His first few games adjusting to the scheme is a whole different thing. But the last few games, he's been balling out. I like Jared Davis. I think he's going to be a, has a promising future in this league. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, he's trending up. But, like, it's kind of like his rookie year if you really look at it. Second year, new system, new scheme. Is the quarterback of the entire team has to make sure everyone's lined up correct. So it's yeah. a task for, like, a young 23 kid, young 23-year-old. I don't know. And Ashawn Robinson has totally has, has exceeded since, you know, this from training camp till now. I mean, he, we will uh, – let's mention the injury report. Marvin Jones won't be out there. We actually didn't mention that. Marvin Jones will be out this game. Uh, M- Michael Roberts will be out as well. Yeah. Um, Ashawn Robinson out. Uh, Snags Harrison's questionable. And uh, Zeke Alonso is questionable as well. But like I've said, Ashawn Robinson since training camp till last week versus the Bears, he's exceeded totally – uh, upwards. I mean, he's played really well. Um, he looks like he's really getting into the scheme. It's really promising to see. This defensive line has some promise, man. Um, you know, with Snacks, Sean Hand, and Ashawn Robinson, they got some promise. Yeah, uh, what do you call it? Actually, um, funny thing, Chris Sims from Bleacher Report, I don't know if you guys know him, really smart yeah. to play football. He called Ashawn and Snacks the two big fuckers, or the big fuckers. <laughs> you can't move them, you know? Yeah, yeah big guys. Like, good luck moving this guy, these guys. They're huge. You can't run on them. Teams are running outside, if you notice, but Robinson's going to be out. But I think Hand, I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, he's 18th against the run. That's not bad for a rookie at all. It's actually really good. So I think we'll be fine. He should be starting yeah, this say, Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, especially in the four, coming out the fourth round, I mean, he definitely exceeded expectations. But the thing about Snacks, man, if you watch him, like, he – he controls both a gaps, so it's like there's no running in the middle. Um, when Snacks is out there, it's like he. I'm trying to trying to think he's like who he him. reminds me of, but this is it's a it's, it's nice it's, it's amazing watching him out there because he literally has both a gaps and he's like he has it on lock. Like talk- all the big runs are coming, like you said, from the outside. So Vince yeah. Wilkforth, he was he was in Patricia's defense. Like- that is true. So, yeah, there's our Wins Fork right there, right in the middle. You can't do nothing. Like, good luck. A little more athletic, but sure. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 I understand. understand. <laughs> good luck moving that. Like, for real. I don't care who you are. You can't move this. All right. Uh, what's the next topic? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I want to ask questions. Um, you want to get to the questions? No, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Pierre. Like, their, their O line. I think it's like it's not the best online. It's not the worst. They got some spots so that Detroit can uh can expose. You know, their yeah. left tackle Chris Clark. He's like he's a solid player, but like he's not like uh like Ziggy Ansa. If he's playing, Ziggy Ansa could take advantage of him. He's not like the greatest left tackle. He's average at best. Then they got their left guard, great Van Roten. 
they could put in a what do you call it, Deshaun Hand at him, or they could blitz at him right from there. You know, blitz the A gap, his gap a little. Yeah, I think they could expose their left side a little. It's interesting to see if Ziggy Ansel will have more snaps this week. Uh, he's played the last two games. I believe last game he had 12 snaps and around the Vikings game around that too. Um, you know, his the point of him, they're trying to get him healthier and he's out there. Um, we'll see if he'll get more snaps this week. And if he does, I mean, the Lions could really, like you said, take advantage of this offensive line if Ziggy Ansel's playing more snaps out there and um, as him getting healthier. So it's interesting to see. Uh, how many snaps Ziggy Ansel will play this Sunday versus Carolina? Yeah, and uh, go ahead. I'm looking at is what I'm looking at is I want to see the secondary actually improved from last week. I mean, I, even though if it might not even be like a big improvement, I just want to see some kind of improvement because if they're not doing their end as far as you know covering, it's gonna be hard to get to Cam. Because Cam is just going to have a field day just like Mr. Fisky did last week. If if the corners are not doing their job. Lions have had trouble with mobile quarterbacks this year as well. Uh, Russell Wilson can't, can't gave him a problem this year. Oh, man. Uh, would, you consider, would, you, would you consider Mitchell Trubisky as a mobile quarterback? I mean, he gave us trouble too. Um, yeah. So I want to see how they'll ex- execute, you know, the third time around facing a mobile quarterback like Cam Newton. Because um, Panthers really have the the chance to be an explosive offense with all the weapons they have, and we'll see how our defense plays. And like you said, I want to see improvements from this uh, the secondary. And I think getting Darius Slay out there will for sure be an improvement from what we saw last week versus the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's for sure. Getting Slay back will be huge. I think Walker, like you said this earlier, but Walker has to play more. I mean, every time he's out there, he makes a player, so he just needs more playing time. This is more just an in general question. What's that one big injury the Lions just cannot afford ever, like, to ever miss a season? Just, like, a random question. I just well, thought of it. Okay, so, like, on offense, obviously the quarterbacks. Just effort. And on defense. Would it be Slay? I think that's for me. I mean, Slay and Ansa, too. Like, they don't really have a healthy pass for sure. We see what's going on. Quarterbacks have all day to throw. Yeah. Um. So, would you say... I mean, Agnew hurts, too. Special teams, it hurts. And it hurts our nickel defense a little, too. Agnew was a big part of our defense. Honestly, it even hurts the offense, too, sometimes when they throw him out there, when they, you know, try to confuse defenses. He, I mean, you don't know if he's going to, you know, get the end around or if he's just a fake option, you know. It uh, it hurt, like, everywhere, honestly. The special teams, defense, and offense. It hurt all three phases of the game for uh, the Lions losing Jamal Agnew. Like, right yeah, now, they lost. Sorry to interrupt, but right now they lost uh, T.J. Lang. Even last week, I mean, Wiggins and Wagner both struggled a little. So, like, when one plays well, the other kind of plays. But when both struggle, like, both are kind of dealing with the same guys up front. They need to be better, that's for sure. And Wiggins has played well. He played well versus Minnesota. Was it Minnesota? Who was it? No, it was San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I meant San Francisco. Sorry. He played well against San Francisco. Played well against Miami, too. Huh? Versus Miami as well. Him and T.J. were rotating. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. So, like, and then last year also when they lost Decker, that hurt a lot. So, like, yeah. Any injury, any injury to your O line or your D line is huge in your quarterback. Obviously, that's what pursue what I think. And another question for you guys is uh, without Marvin Joseph Sunday, do you think potentially they can get the tight ends more involved, like with that being Luke Wilson and Levine Toilolo? I thought it'd be a better. You know, I thought for I would say for sure yes. This uh, this question, if Michael Roberts was playing, but I want to know you guys' input without Michael Roberts being ruled oh. out and with Luke Wilson and Levine Toyololo being your tight ends. 
Yeah, personally, I don't see it. They got they got Thomas Davis and they got Luke Keekley, two yeah. big coverage linebackers. And Thomas Davis is like 35 years old, but this guy is balling. Yeah. He's 35 years old, just came off a suspension. He's like fresh. He's balling. We all know Luke Keekley could do one of the best linebackers to all of football. Then they got also Shaq Thompson, their Sam linebacker. He's a solid linebacker too. So like I don't think so. I think they have to like expose those corners. Dante Jackson is a rookie. Yeah. Throw Kenny Galladay at him or move Kenny Galladay around. You know, I don't know. Throw in maybe Andy Jones will promote him. Take a deep shots at him. Uh, let's give a yeah. shout out to Levine Toy Lolo for that truck though versus Chicago Bears on the first drive. That was nice. <laughs> that was awesome. That, that was yeah, nice. That was nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw but, a shout out to Levine. Yeah, but um yeah, I think the only I think a big game could be coming for Kenny Galladay, um, because you know, he's gonna be the number one option with um Marvin being out. Um possibly TJ Jones might have a, a solid role, a, you know, a solid game. Maybe maybe Powell. I mean, I honestly don't see the tight ends doing a, that much of a that much in in this next game. Yeah, Bruce Ellington too. Don't forget about him. You know, he's learning the offense, starting to get comfortable. So I liked him uh, in college. He might get some snaps. Yeah, he might get some snaps this week. He was injured with San Francisco. Played well in Houston, then got injured. So like, let's hope like maybe he could help us down the stretch here a little. I don't know, but uh. I mean, their safeties, too, like Mike Adams, their free safety, the guy who mostly got some pass coverage, he's having an awful year, but he's like, he's like, he's 37 years old, though. They have an aging defense, but they're smart. I mean, he's smart, though. You know, he's been in the league for a while, but I take shots deep. Go at their safeties. Go at their young corners. There's Nick Corner, Captain Munderland. He's a vet. He's a solid player, but like, I'd also take, he's short, so put Kenny on him. Match up guys, you know? Put guys on him. I think, honestly, I don't want to say this, but, like, you got to expect maybe less pressure on – I mean, it is pressure on Jim Bob, but maybe they'll be more creative on the offense, throw the deep ball more often this Sunday. And, you know, like you said, test out Captain Munderland and put Kenny Galladay there and just, you know, test out the deep ball. I'm interested in what the, you know, the offensive game plan is going to be this week. Uh, I mean, Jim Bob – or Stafford referred that Jim Bob is losing sleep because of it, so – it must be some master plan. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around it, you know? Like, in the middle of the season, you can't really change your playbook, but you can maybe add a couple of route concepts, like add things to your playbook. So Adjust. Adjust, yeah, pretty much adjust. Yeah, adjust. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe shorter routes. We've never seen. I don't know. I think that's the key word for the Lions 2018 season is not making adjustments. <laughs> or making adjustments, but not making the right ones, you know? I mean, that, that, that's sometimes, but, like, what the hell are they doing sometimes? But, like, yeah. they're coaches. They have their plan. I don't know. Like, Yeah. And, and another thing about this game, too, is if they don't give Stafford any time in the pocket, it's going to be another long one. If they give another five-plus sack game, it's going to be a long one this Sunday. So I want to see how the O-line performs, um, you know, try to bounce back from these last two weeks to give Stafford time to make plays. Yeah, uh, Mario Addison will be against Decker. He's a solid edge player. He's a good player, you know. I actually like him. He's like 32 years old now, but he's still playing pretty well for him. They got Short, Kawan Short. We all know what he could do. He's one of the best defense tackles in football. He'll probably be against Greg now, and yeah. I mean, Don Terry Poe, he's not having a good year. He's struggling this year. Elias Pepper scares me the most. Every year he gets this tapper somehow, some way. Dude always has two sacks on nine. He'll be against Wagner. Wagner hasn't had a good year. So, 
Who's the biggest Lions defensive killer in the last like five ten years? Oh, what'd, you, what'd, what'd you say, Julius Pepper? <laughs> Whenever he plays, he always kills us. When he was on the Bears, the Packers. Always kills us. Yeah. On offense. We can't, we can't get away from him. Tight end Ed Dixon. What's crazy is 37 years old, but dude is still balling, man. Yeah. I mean, good for him, honestly. Shout out to Julius Pepper's hell of a career, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I think we got everything out of the way about the Carolina Panthers, and we basically we were a little cooler than I thought we'd be about the Bears game, but I think because it's Friday, and yeah. we were, we're recording this on Friday night, and you know, it happened on last Sunday. I think if this we were, if we recorded on our plan on Monday night, it would not be, be this cent- There'd be a lot of censoring. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. It, it would not be this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys want to do our predictions for the game? Let's get into yes. predictions. Let's get, Tyler, let's start it. with you. you All right. Predictions. We will not lose four in a row. We're going to win this week. Uh, oh, by the way, I was the only one to call last week right. So I'm wondering yeah, if you guys, you guys both got the do say. So yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll keep the streak alive, hopefully, and say Lions win. Um. Let's see. What's the score I could go with? Um, I'll say it's a high-scoring game. I'll go with 30-24 to 24 Detroit Lions as my final score. Uh, Malcolm, you want to get your scoring? Um, yeah. Um, after picking the Lions that went last week, and they kind of – that the whole secondary let me down, it's going to be really hard to pick them. This week, I mean, I need, them. I want them to win. I actually need them to win because I still believe they have a chance. I'm probably the only one that still believes the team has a chance. Um, I don't think we have a chance to win the wild card, but I think we have a chance at the division. Um, so I want us to win this game, but I, I, I just after last week, I, I, I can't do it. Um, I'm gonna say 35-27. Carolina. Okay. All right. Um, I have the Lions winning this. I agree with Tyler. I think Stafford is going to have a big game this week. I really do. He has to. I mean, even with Marvin Jones out, take it out, take on. I think Stafford's going to explode this game. I think the running game, we didn't really talk about the running game, but I think the running game will do well. James Conner ran all over them, right? Yeah. James, I mean, he was injured a little. He was hurt, he was hurt mid-game a lot. Uh, he kept going yeah. in and out. Team, but, like. Let's not talk about it. Anyways, so I think on Johnson could have a big game. They could push those guys around a little up front. I think the O-line will step up. You know, they, they, they're they getting their ass kicked. They're getting embarrassed in film sessions. So. Maybe we'll milk them to the game. That is the key to this game. If they, that happens, man, we win a lot of games. Yeah, so I got 30-27 Detroit. 37-27 Detroit. What was the score? Thirty-one to twenty-seven, Detroit. Okay, close game. That's, yeah, close game. I hope they pull it. I hope Detroit pulls it off. Like I really, I, I want them to. I'm just, I'm just still recovering from that Chicago Bears game, so it was hard for me to pick them this week. But we'll see what happens, man. Let's go, Detroit. Hopefully, they pull it off. Hey, Lions win the next three. They beat Carolina, beat Chicago, and beat the Rams. We're back in it, baby. I mean, let's focus like one week at a time because you know things happen. Like we have, we're injured right now. We're banged up. You know, Lang hurts. Obviously, he's he's our best lineman when healthy. 
Yeah, Ashawn out there, not gonna be out there, and um, Jones not gonna be out there, and Michael Roberts. Um, Mike Roberts are best target. They go to him in the red zone, so yeah. But like injuries are part of the game too, you know. The Rams are lost Cooper Cup. Uh, Panthers will be without Torrey Smith, so whatever. Um, um you want to hop into the questions? Yeah, let's hop into the questions. So we question have a time. We have a question from Matt Ritzler. I'll let Tyler answer this first one. Tyler, what do you think some targets that will go after in free agency? Who do you got? Who do you think they'll um, target? I know this is your guy. You like him a lot. Um, Trey Flowers is one of them, I think. I think Anthony Barr could be another option. Um, the only thing about Anthony Barr is I don't know if he'd join a division rival, but, you know, what is that for me? I mean, so now, we'll see. We call it. Anthony uh, Barr, though, if Minnesota doesn't pay me, I want to get revenge on Minnesota. I want that, to that, that's what I can see as well. Um, so. and, and my third option is going to be a little weird one. I'm going to say slot receiver Cole Beasley. To kind of fill in kind of Golden Tate's role last year, or this year, what he was doing for us in, in years past, I think Cole Beasley would be a little cheaper option and uh, not deliver exactly what Golden Tate did, but like deliver is still a good option where we're kind of like lacking at the slot position. So um, so I we figured out the pass rush with Trey Flowers. We're getting a linebacker to fit Jared Davis and uh, Devon Kennard. If you get go get Anthony Barr, I think you let go of Christian Jones if that happens. And then... Um, Cole Beasley to kind of fill in that slot receiver role with uh, to complement Marvin Jones and Kenny Gallaudet. Those are my three targets. You want to go ahead, Malcolm? What's your three targets? Um, to be honest, my three targets were those exact three. Exact three. Um, exact three. Um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really looked too much into free agency because I've been just focused on this season. Um, but I've been, you know, I know, um. You know, Anthony Barr is going to be a free might be a free agent next year if they don't pay him. Um, Trey Flowers is a big name that could you know be a big help to our to our um our, our defensive line to you know make our pass rush better. So I mean, to be honest, man, those three right there that that'll be a good fit for Detroit. I think Trey Flowers is a must. Yeah. So yeah, that, I definitely number one option. All right, I got. Uh, I'll give you my three. I have actually one that's my surprise, yeah. So I have one would be obviously Trey Flowers, okay. defensive end from the Patriots. He knows the system. He doesn't need to learn anything. Come in, dominate. He's a he's a dominant player. You could tell when the pack he's not on the field with the Patriots, they miss him. He wasn't on the field with us. They had no pass rush. Exactly. You could tell, yeah. So like, yeah, without Ansa, we have no pass rush. So I will go Trey Flowers. Number two, my surprise, you guys. It's a cornerback from the Chargers. He's a restricted free agent. Trevor Williams, I think they'll give him an offer sheet that he can't refuse. Okay. Yeah, he had a really good year last year. This year kind of been up and down, but he's still like 25 years old, 5'11", 4'4", speed, could play man. Opposite slate will help. And number three, might surprise you as well. I got DJ Fluker, right guard. From uh, Seattle? Yeah. yeah. So he's not the best pass protector, but he's really good in the run game. And, you know, with TJ Lang, probably like done. Yeah. I don't want to say he's done, but... He has an $11 million cap if they release him to save 9 mil, so they'll probably release him. I'll go DJ. Those are my top three. <laughs> DJ, DJ Fluker makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, like you said, we, we don't need a, a really expensive right guard because this offensive line in general is making a lot of money. So you don't need another expensive option at the offensive line. I think you can use that money towards the defense because to, be so, you know, to be honest, the offensive line has not been great these last two weeks, but I mean, I still like this offensive line a lot. They're young, and 
I still think they have a lot of potential with Taylor Decker out there and uh, Graham Glasgow and Frank Ragnow. Rick, Rag- Rick Wagner has been up and down since he's been in Detroit, but... They got I mean, Crosby waiting, though, also. Yeah, Thoreau Crosby has been... I, he's a good player, and uh, every time he's had you know the chance to get in there, he's showed up, and I think he's more than capable because he's a flexible guy. He could play right. He could play the guard position as well if they needed him. And DJ Fluker doesn't necessarily have to be the starting right guard every game. And if Crosby could show strides at guard, you know, maybe he could be a starting guard eventually in midseason next year. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, that's so far away from now. Yeah, yeah, there's also the draft read. I mean, we'll see what they do. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's go into the next question. All right, next question is, what's the main problem on this Lions team? Is it Stafford? Is it Cooter? Is it the defense? Is it Patricia? Is it coaching? What's going on? Um, I started off last time. You want to go ahead, Malcolm? Yeah, um, I think in the beginning of the season, it was the whole fact of the we're having a brand new system in place. Um, the schemes were different. I think the players had to adjust. I think it's still going on right now that they're still adjusting, um, to be honest. And they shouldn't be still adjusting. We're in, like, week 10. Um, week 11, actually. We're going to week 11. Um, we shouldn't be adjusting, but that's where the, a lot of the big, run, big runs came from. I think the whole scheme change was was the biggest problem. I agree. Um, I think there's not one just one problem on this team right now. It's kind of just a mix of everything right now. I mean, offensive line hasn't been playing great. The quarterback hasn't been playing great. I mean, wide receivers are not getting separation. Um, tight ends are indivisible this year um defensive line early on in the year was struggling really badly secondary last few games have been god awful probably the worst secondary i've seen in the nfl in a while so i i, I don't know if i really have the coaching staff too i've got to mention that there's just not one big one problem but if i'd say the main problem i think it's the coaching staff just not making adjustments when you see things are not working out and you know let guys do what they're good at you know I know you want the scheme to work out well, but you guys sometimes just let the guys do what they're good at. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll say uh, I think the biggest problem is the coaching, the main problem. But they have problems, you know, like Stafford obviously has to play better. The O-line has to play better. Yes. I mean, they don't have the right guys in their scheme sometimes on the defensive side of the ball. So they're like still adjusting down there. Even Ron Rivera said it in this press conference. I saw a little of it. He's like, he respects Patricia. I do, too. But he said you could still tell on film like they're still learning, like, and that's that's understandable because they've been playing cover three defense four three their entire careers, and then they have to switch to a yeah. three four all man. So, I mean three three five all man. Um, yeah. like I said about free agency, I didn't say it in this podcast, but I've told you guys before. I'm excited for free agency because you're getting guys that actually want to play in Detroit and want to play under Coach Patricia. Because right now you just got a bunch of guys that were still from last year's team and. You know, they just don't look as motivated. I mean, I don't want to say they don't look motivated to play here. They just – it's different. I mean, it's, some guys just don't look like they want to play for Coach P, and that's just how it is. I mean, it's unfortunate. But that, that's why I like uh, free agency because you bring in guys that actually want to be here and play under Coach Patricia, and I'm kind of excited to see, you yeah. know, guys that want to play for Coach P. I mean, I don't think, like, they don't want to play here. It's just, like, they don't fit the scheme. Like, you could tell some players are lost. Like, they're looking at each other like, what the hell is going on here, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. they want to play, they do want to play, but they're just confused. They're, it's too, like... I agree. That's that's kind of like what I was looking for more. I just didn't know how to, like, <laughs> like <laughs> correctly word, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, yeah, and and about that, man. I think when things are going well, you know, you can see in the players and you can see in the coaching that everybody's happy when things are going well. But the moment things are not going well, that's when you can see it in their faces. You can see it, you know, how they play on the field. That you know they don't. It, it seems like they don't want to be here, but I just think they're. I just think they're like they're they're just down and they like kind of like just it's hard to explain exactly like what's going on when they're losing it's like i don't think they're completely motivated at that point like it it looks like they're giving up i don't think because these guys are professionals i don't think they're giving up but that's what their body language gives off when they're losing yeah no one likes to lose it just sucks straight up It, it, it does uh, but I, I noticed I you didn't give think... a shout out to my man who asked the question too. <laughs> oh, it was a uh, shout out to Joey Sports eighty one. Hey, there we go. Um, let's see. Okay, here's actually a question. Let's actually go to this question. This is from Chasey Nance. If we can draft Greedy Williams or a defensive lineman, should we get like in the draft? Let's say they have the best cornerback. Like a really good edge rush. What would you guys do in the first round? I'll start with you, Tyler. Go ahead. Um, that's a good question. Um, not with the options of the cornerback and for agency not being really great, and uh, you know, a guy like Trey Flower is available as for the pass rush, and to set the edges, it's it's a bit tricky. Um, I think I have to see what happens in free agency first. Um, depending if they get a big name defensive end, I guess you could say. If they don't, then I would probably look at the edge in the first round. But if they, you know, somehow could pull out like a guy like Trey Flowers, then I'd probably look at cornerback first round. I think it just really depends um, what who they sign in the first or in free agency, and then we could kind of decide more in the draft. But I mean, a guy like Rudy Williams, it'd be hard to refuse down. You know, it'd be hard to turn down a guy like Rudy Williams if he's there. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, a, a really good young cornerback that you can start him from day one is really hard to find if he's available i think they gotta they kind of have to take him yeah just because there is it's not it's really not common i mean it's common the first you know first few rounds but if he were to fall to us and say you know he fell to us i think they have to take him because i think he'll be the best person available anyways if if he's available when when we pick and well, the cornerback like Let's say, like, they don't get an edge, right? They don't get edge in free agency, but they go corner. So you have to go edge, right? I mean, that's how I look. It just depends what they do in free agency. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I like that. If, let's say, like... That's that's true. The only thing but... that concerns me, though, is that there's not really a, a cornerback, I guess you could say, out there that really kind of makes it a, is a game-changer, kind of like Rudy Williams, where I think we could, you know, get a good pass rush in free agency. And, you know, maybe draft a corner in the first round, you know, just to get him in right away and, you know, to compliment Darius Slay with the uh, cornerback, too. The thing about corners could be tricky. College to NFL is the hardest adjustment, in my in my opinion, for cornerbacks. It's a hard adjustment from college speed to NFL speed. Um, I just don't know how to explain it, I guess. But that's where it could be tricky, you know, where the lines are kind of in a win-now mode is taking a cornerback round one, you know, the smartest move. It's just... It's kind of preference, I guess. It kind of really depends what they do in free agency. Then I can yeah. tell you what they'll do in the draft. You had guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward, even Jair Alexander from the Packers are ball in the first year. Yeah. Uh, Tredavious White from the Bills, right? But then you have guys who also take a while, like us. We drafted Darius Slay in the second. He took a while. Yeah. Um, I Hopefully, T's Tabor. 
Well, like tease tape or um, yeah, I, I'm not trying to go bad for the kid to be honest. Like yeah. he works hard and stuff, but he doesn't have speed and just like I don't know if he's ready yet. I don't know. I mean, they might have to give up on him after this year. Maybe he needs a fresh start with another team. I don't know. What do you think about tease? You know, I'm a big tease fan, so <laughs> I'm a big. You know, I'll fight with for tease until until the end, man. I think you know he's a young corner, you know, and I think they right now they're using him. Not to his strength right now. You know, he's a zone corner. And it's completely different when you have your back away from the cornerback versus you looking at the front of the quarterback and reading his eyes to play in zone. His strength is a he's a press corner, but he plays zone. That man is not it's not his strength. So yeah. unless they could accommodate for him or I don't I don't know. But I think he's good. I think he has a future, to be honest. I think he could be a really good corner. I mean, depending, that's on, I said, depending on system. That's why I said he needs a fresh start because we run a lot of man in this scheme, so he's not really a fit. I like Chiefs Tabor, but uh, I think I could see something where the Lions did a few years ago and what did last year was maybe move him to the safety position, see what happens in like training camp next year. They did it with um, I think Alex, that would be great. They did it with Alex Carter, um, I think last year, and the, he they was tried. a third round pick. Yeah, they tried it, it didn't work out, and they tried it with Quandre Diggs, and it has worked out. And I could for sure see something happen that with Tease Tabor, you know, trying that in training camp. And if, you know, he succeeds, you keep him on the roster. And if he doesn't succeed, then you let him go kind of like what Alex Carter was. I mean, he was a third-round pick as well. They didn't want to give up on him. It's tough when you have to give up on early-round picks because, you know, you want to succeed so bad. But sometimes it's just better for the team, you know. Yeah, Carter was also injured too. So like, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that. Yeah, he was battling injuries. I I, I like Car- I, Alex Carter too. I, I mean, I I was hoping that he was gonna work out, but it, it didn't. But maybe, like you said, maybe a, a change. I wouldn't say a change of scenery, like a different team, but maybe change, a change, change of position. position. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a change of position would would benefit him. I think you do that first, and then a change of scenery if it doesn't work out. Still, yeah. I mean, I think they gotta try all, all, all options with them and see what happens. A yeah, second round pick skills, so he could be a good like deep safety, possibly. I don't know. He has really yeah. good skills. That's what he was. Yeah, doing. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, in college, I mean, I know college is different from the pros, but if you watch him in college, he had really good ball skills, really good ball skills. So maybe if he plays zone, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, play man coverage. He could just play zone, you know, that, that safety deep. He could be a playmaker. Yeah. Who knows? These next few games are really huge for T's table to see if he can, like, keep a job at the cornerback position. Because I, I, I really don't see a position where they kind of give up on T's in the offseason and release him. I think it's more of a, I guess, change of position first and then change of scenery. But um, I think, you know, if they do throw him out there, I think it's going to be huge to see how T's table, you know, could play in his position that we drafted him as. But, you know, that's an interesting question in these next upcoming weeks. He has a really high IQ, so he has a really, really He's a really smart player. It's just, it's just his, smart. it's really speed. It's just kind of caught to him, you know. He, does, he can't uh, keep up with NFL wide receivers, which kind of sucks. If the guy had speed, he'd be in the league corner. I'm not even lying. Exactly. He has all the, I, he has everything except I speed. I agree. He's really smart. Yeah. He's a smart player. Yeah. yeah. I got a bonus question. This is Go like, I saw it on Twitter, and I kind of thought about it. Like, they were talking about it, so... We got exactly who it was, but like, let's say like you're drafting right. Not a really yeah. good edge rusher is there. The corners are off the board, but you got Devin White and Devin Bush staring at you. Would you yes. move David to the outside possibly and draft one of those guys, or start one of those guys outside and keep Davis inside? Uh, we were talking about that yesterday. Um, honestly, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, because Davis is a really 
fast guy, and sometimes he's like his only problem right now. I'm not. He's improved, but his problem this you know in his career in the NFL has been man coverage and guarding you know tight ends and running backs. So I think putting him in the outside could benefit him. But I mean, if they didn't get a guy like Bush or whatever, I think leaving a middle linebacker is still fine. I think Davis seems like a flexible guy where you could put him anywhere basically in the linebacker and he'll be fine. That's yeah, my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I could see like, um, like for example, uh, Dante Hightower started at Mike with the Patriots. Now he's moved outside. They're using his speed. He's yeah. Kind of their pass rusher in situations. So yeah, he has good speed. He could also cover a little. I mean, this coverage has improved too, Davis. So. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. He's, it's improved dramatically since uh, his first game in the NFL until now. I mean, yeah, that would be interesting, though, to see Davis on the outside rushing, rushing the quarterback. That, that would be interesting because he has a lot of speed, and I could see him getting to the, quarter, getting to the quarterback if, if they did move him out there. So that, that, uh, I would be cool, I'll be cool with that, with that move if they drafted a middle linebacker. It'd be a nice core, man. Davis, Bush, and uh, – um, and, Devon Kennard, that's a nice score right there. I like it. <laughs> that would be nice, right? Devin Bush or like Devin White, let's say, who's the probably the best linebacker. In I the think it's it, it matters, like I said, what you do in free agency. If you got to get like Anthony Barr, I think you still have a really nice linebacker core. And that's why I was thinking about Anthony Barr because you put Kennard and Barr on the outside and put Davis in the middle. That's a pretty good linebacker core right there, man. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. Um, Is that I, about it? Yeah, that's about it, I guess. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Pride Podcast. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And like again, thanks uh, for all the support from episode one. We all really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Malcolm again for all the editing from episode one. We appreciate that. Bigger things to come in. We're gonna come to you know. We're we're excited, man. We're excited to see what this is gonna happen here. Yeah. Um, talking about our team. Um, some surprise guests coming up too later in the week. Next that week. big news, big news. We got a surprise guest coming up. We can't, we can't tell you guys anything. <laughs> we can't say it now, but we got big news coming. But yeah. uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys stay through all this, whatever how long this is, thank you guys. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation, and peace out. You guys want to go? Detroit fan page. It was great talking to you guys. Peace out. All right, everybody. This is Malcolm from Lions Detroit Lions video page. Um, before I end it, I want, <laughs> before I end it, I just want to say, um, Legarrette Blunt, I'm rooting for you this game. I hope you have a big game this week. You know, Walter was rooting for you. You know, bounce back strong, Detroit Lions. You know, let's get this W. Let's go Lions. There's some motivation for you, LG. If you're listening, LG. If you're listening, DM us and tell us you want to join the podcast too, as well. If you're if you've joined LG. But uh, thank you guys again. Peace out. Have a good night. Or actually, I don't know when this is coming out. But have a good night or a good day whenever you guys are listening to this. Peace out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.